this episode of the NWA Saturday Special was recorded before the sad passing of Bray Wyatt. Is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Flunkies and junkies, we've arrived at the big birthday, the big birthday. Welcome to this special episode of the NWA Saturday special brought to you by the PTB Wrestling Network. I am, of course, your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Joining me as always, the doctor, Dr. G. George Bellino. How you doing? Hey, the pleasure's all yours, as usual. Hey! Yep, we're getting ready for N. I ask this all the time. Do you want a Georgie Land shirt with a roller coaster on it? Of course. course. Like the Cyclone? (laughs) Base Mountain, baby. Woo! Uh, We're going to talk about, uh, speaking of Ric Flair and and legends, we have some sad news tonight uh, in the world of wrestling. Uh, Well, as we're recording it, it just happened. You're hearing this on Saturday morning. It's been a few days, but we'll talk about... The passing of arguably one of the most entertaining and unpredictable, but also legitimately one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of this business. Of course, earlier this week on Wednesday, we lost the great Terry Funk, who passed away at the age of 79. Uh, Terry Funk had more lives than 50 cats in professional wrestling, Doctor. Um, a lot of newer fans know him from ECW. In the 90s, and of course, when he was Chainsaw Charlie with Mick Foley in the late 90s during the Attitude Era, when they were feuding with uh, uh, the New Age Outlaws. But older fans remember him, of course, from the NWA, the great feud he had with Ric Flair in 1989 after Flair feuded with Steamboat. But even further than that, some older fans talk about the empty arena match. I think it was 81. Luke Jennings would know. Uh, 80 oh, and uh, good old Will from Texas is either 81 or 82. The empty arena match in Memphis that he had with uh, Jerry Lawler, Dr. J, of course. Yeah, uh, they had, they had a great feud. They really did. And of course, he is. People forget since they're talking about the NWA, he is a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He had it from 1973 to 1977. He beat Jack Briscoe and he lost to Harley. Race. I think it was 73 to 77. Yeah, I think I'm right. 73 to 77. Um, so we'll talk about Terry Funk a little bit, but I think we're going to do like a, like we did for the Iron Sheik, we'll do like a retrospective episode uh, maybe in a couple weeks um, to honor him because obviously uh, it is a crazy busy weekend in professional wrestling, uh, in case you weren't noticing. Not only, of course, the show we're going to talk about tonight as we preview the two nights of NWA 75 from the chase in St. Louis, but it's also Impact's uh, Emergence show, which is on which is on uh, Impact Plus, which is kind of the prelude to Victory Road on Friday, September 8th, a show that I have already announced that, Dr. G, you and I will be in the building for in White Plains, right. New York. Look forward to it. I am, too. Uh, I think it's my first, well, my third Non WWE pay per view. If you count that when I went to the G One climax, uh, the G One Supercard at the Garden, uh, WrestleMania Thirty Five weekend in twenty nineteen. If you count that one, and this is my third pay per view from a different from a different promotion, which would be pretty cool from WWE. Uh, and you, I believe too. Um, and of course, speaking of a uh, of other promotions, Sunday afternoon at Wembley Stadium is of course AEW's All In. And if you heard it already, great. If you hadn't. Check out the AEW preview we do on the main event this week. We previewed that and the Emergence show. Uh, And a little NWA. And we talked some Terry Funk, too. Uh, But we'll talk about uh, Terry Funk, Dr. G, uh, 
at the end of the show. But I we're not going to do him justice because this show, this episode would just be too long because we have to preview, of course, the two nights of NWA uh, 75 in a moment. Um, but uh, we will talk about Terry Funk. You know, what, why don't we just do it now? While we're talking about him now, why why wait? While we have a minute before we get to the to the preview, um, your general thoughts on Terry Funk. Uh, and this guy's a legend. There's no doubt about it. Again, former world's heavyweight champion. He's tag team champion, a member of the legendary Funk family of Amarillo. Uh, of course, Dory Sr. and then Dory Jr. Um, and uh, Terry. Um, the one thing I liked, I will say, just giving my comments, I first saw Terry Funk. In, when he came to the WWF at the end of 85 into 86. That's the first time I ever saw Terry Funk. Um, and then I went back and read some of my brother's wrestlers and PWIs and, you know, found out about the other stuff. But um, uh, And he was awesome. He had some title matches with Hogan. He feuded, of course, with JYD. They had the tag match at WrestleMania II. Um and, of course, maybe his biggest claim in the second half of his career is that you could argue that he gave ECW life. When they needed a, a name to kind of establish themselves, Terry Funk did that for them, Dr. G. He did. Um, and gave them a name. And, of course, he won the main event of their first ever pay-per-view, Barely Legal, on April 13th, 1997. Uh your thoughts, Doctor, on his passing and on the – very quick. I know it's – again, we'll do an episode where we dive in deep into his career, but your general thoughts on his passing and on the well, legacy of Terry Funk. The one thing about Terry Funk, I, I, I consider himself somebody else that just recently passed away. He's like the, uh, the Tony Bennett of wrestling and the fact that we saw different iterations of Tony Bennett throughout the years and how he became like a, a pop icon in the, you know, the 90s and the 2000s. Right. Uh, you know, he was obviously big back in the fifties uh, and the sixties. So with Terry Funk, people don't realize the career he had. Everybody, you know, more of the newer wrestling fans remember the ECW stuff and maybe even some of the Attitude Error and um, WWE stuff, which was great. I mean, he, the guy remade himself so many times and retired so many times, <laughs> but he had a career where he was NWA World Heavyweight Championship champion for yes. a few, and he was a technical wrestler. This is a guy that could do it all in the ring, you know. Mm -hmm. Besides all the stuff he could do on the mic and all that stuff, this is a guy that was a, a a ring general. So because we saw what he was doing later in his life, I don't think people realized what kind of uh, wrestler he was and and he did have the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship uh, just like his brother did um, they both had pretty decent reigns but it was a lot on them I remember seeing interviews with him that it was it's a tough life because you got to live on the road every single night Ric Flair is the only one I think that ever really took to that and that's why he had the belt so many times and and had it you know for so many long periods of time because he didn't mind that lifestyle um, that he put wrestling number one in his life. I and mean, we've seen all that. Whereas Terry Funk was a family man. And that's another thing. Another thing that people don't totally realize, because you see that crazy guy on television, the guy truly loved right. his family, his wife, his, his, his two daughters. So it, I, what I think about him is, is that it, here's a guy that just constantly remade himself, always, always mm -hmm. keeping up with the times and made himself relevant in any, period of time that he was wrestling you know i guess he started maybe late 60s early 70s so 70s 80s 90s 2000s 2010s even up until he right. you know retired what maybe i i don't even remember what his last match was it's it definitely was in the last 10 years but i'm not right. really sure but it, that's the thing that i i think about him is is that he is a true legend i don't think you know people think about that R mount rushmore maybe he's not totally on there but let me tell you something he is definitely one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And you can never take that away from him. And again, is a guy that truly, truly transcended so many generations. And when he, you know, in his passing, you could see people know who he is. Even though he was 79 years old, Terry Funk stayed in the, his name stayed in the lores of, of or the annals of wrestling where people from all generations of wrestling know him. 
and know who he, what he did. So that's that's my uh, my memory of him. So rest in peace, Terry. According to, according to Cage Match, Terry Funk's last match was on September twenty third, two thousand seventeen, for BTW. I have no idea what BTW is. BTW is oh, is, was that the oh big time wrestling? Oh, big time! It's big time. Yeah, it's big you time wrestling. Matter of fact, there was a post from them, somebody from there today, and he said you had my or your last match with us. Okay, all right. So that's I, I you know, when you go scrolling through social media, I see so much stuff. Okay, so that yep. makes sense. But I just wasn't sure what year it was. Okay, it was it was September twenty third, twenty seventeen. He teamed with the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert, defeating Brian Christopher, Doug Gilbert. And the King Jerry Lawler at the Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay, that's there so you go. Years ago, so he was you know basically seventy three years old. So this guy was wrestling no DQ matches in two thousand eleven. I know. With Jerry Lawler, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, Jerry Lawler was one of those too. That you know, what is he now? Seventy or seventy one? You know, obviously now he had the stroke. I don't think he'll ever be wrestling again, but. No. He, he's got to even get a quality of life back. So, but yeah. I mean, if if Jerry Lawler did not have this, he he would still be going. That's it's amazing some of these guys how they could still be going. I mean, look at look at Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton could still move in the ring for his age in his sixties. You know, right? He teamed with Terry Funk. Uh, they lost, but they teamed with he teamed with Mick Foley. To face Cowboy Bob Orton and the Hot Rod at the JCW Legends and Icons pay-per-view at Hatchet Landings in Cave and Rock, Illinois. So that's, that must be Juggalo. They yeah. Must have, they must have wrestled in Juggalo. Uh, on August 12th, 2011. Wow. You know, Terry Funk didn't care where he wrestled. You know, he'll wrestle in the uh, 50,000-seat uh, you know, stadium arena and... And uh, you know, go to a place where there's 500 people, and give you and give you the best, give you a great match, no matter where it was. His or last w- best match, I should say. His last WWE match uh, was June 11th, 2006. If you remember, it was the ECW One Night Stand pay per view. Mm-hmm. He, Beulah, and Tommy Dreamer lost to Edge, Lita, and Mick Foley at Hammerstein. That was his last WWF match. According to Cage Match, there's 2,588 matches for Terry Funk. Yeah, I would Doesn't think seem he, like that seems like there should be more. Yeah, I mean, again, it's whatever they could get records on. You know, I, I'm sure he wrestled more than that. I mean, I always match. How many Rick? How how many times Rick Flair wrestled? Because you figured he wrestled over 300 nights a year, at easy. And then sometimes they wrestle twice on some days. Right. So the first documented match that Cage Match has for Terry Funk, he defeated Sputnik Monroe. <laughs> Sputnik Monroe. I think he's been it everybody. Was a, uh, it was an NWA Western States show at the sports arena in Amarillo, his backyard, on December 9th, 1965. Oh, so he started that early. Wow. Yeah. 1965. His first title. I know we're going through his history. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get more into this on a, a separate episode. Uh, um, he and Wahoo McDaniel defeated Dory, his brother Dory, and Ricky Romero by countout in a two countout in a two out of three falls match to win the Amarillo North American Tag Team Championships. <laughs> Can you stick any more things in front of tag team championships? The Amarillo North, the NWA. Amarillo North American Tag Team Championships. You like that? Yeah. Ooh. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and of course, he beat, uh, as I mentioned, he did beat uh, Jack Briscoe in 1973 to become World's Heavyweight Champion. He held the belt for four years and then he lost in 77 to uh, Harley Race. So rest in peace, Terry Funk. You will be missed. You were one of the f- most exciting, most hilarious. Some of you may remember him on uh, Beyond the Mat. Come on, yep. Dennis. Come on, Dennis. Wrestle my match, Dennis. I need you, Dennis. Make other arrangements. I'm not involved. Um, anyway, Justin does a better. Uh, Jr. does a better 
uh, Dennis Stamp than I do, but I do great. I do I do funk. So. You're listening to the NWA Saturdays. But imagine I could have just done bumps and nobody would have known that. Anyway, um, I got to go on. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, Super 70 Sports Guy on Twitter, if it's Homage, but I got to find the, uh, the the T-shirt that says Dusty Sucks Eggs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they had a great they had a great feud. Uh, Lawler and, and Terry had a great feud that feud with Flair in the, the 80s, late 80s. I mean, he, 1989? he, had, uh, him huh? and Foley, he had some great, great feuds, you know. He knew how to get. He knew how to be creative. He knew psychology better than people thought he did. People thought he was just fucking nuts. Terry Funk was crazy like a fox. He knew what he was doing. He's kind of like Brian Pillman. He's kind of like Brian Pillman. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't stupid. He wasn't crazy. He's he crazy like a fox. He know, and he's he's got a great wrestling mind. He had a great wrestling mind, I should say. Yep. Inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Your boy was the headliner that year. That was. That was uh, Stone Cold's year in 2009. That was the big Texas uh, class. The Von Erichs, Steve, the Funks. That was all the all the Texas guys. Anyway, we'll talk more. We're gonna on a future episode when things are quiet on a weekend uh, when we don't have a ton of NWA news. We'll do a uh, we'll do a nice meaty retrospective on the career of the late great Terry Funk, who passed away this past Wednesday at the age of 79. Rest in peace, Terry. All right, let's get down to business. So, and, you know, this is a show that he probably wrestled at in the past. I'm sure I can find it. NWA 75 takes place this weekend. It's a big weekend for Billy. It's a big weekend for Billy. NWA 75 taking place, of course, at the Chase in St. Louis. Billy's getting a lot of crap. We, you and I, Doctor, watched uh, Chris Van Bleet's, um podcast it's on his youtube channel with billy billy's uh i don't know if he's i don't know if it's a defense mechanism but billy's a billy's a little full of himself billy's got a healthy healthy self-confidence um which is not a bad thing because i guess promoters kind of you know should have a healthy sense of self-confidence well i think i think i think with him after watching it I think what you got to realize with him is is that he's kind of self-made himself, you know, because of the the genre of, uh, you know, all, alternative rock or grunge rock, whatever you want to call it, from the '90s. You know, a lot of times right. it, it was very hard to make it, even though it wound up becoming very big. And obviously, Nirvana really helped that. But right. he really, you know, th- this is a guy that does know how to do it and promote himself and. You know, you see the tour that he's on even right now. I mean, um, and then he's adding the wrestling into it, um, which I was wondering when he was going to kind of combine the music with the wrestling because, you know, he is a very busy guy. But I think you have to, I mean, it, unfortunately, you know, maybe it just comes out a little more in interviews than others, but you do have to have a healthy ego to be that successful. And sure. he is pretty successful. Um, you may not agree with everything that he has to say, but he definitely... He definitely has a good promoter attitude, whereas, like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and that's it. I mean, you know, to he's obviously to a total lesser extent than, like, a Vince McMahon or something like that. But, you know, I'm sure Vince McMahon people said, you're crazy. What are you talking about? What, what, what these visions you have? Like, that's never going to happen. This is wrestling supposed to be in bingo halls and or, you know, small halls, smoky halls, you know. And in this, you know, and look at what he built. So I'm not saying that Philly's going down that route. Please, please don't take that. But I'm just saying is that you have to have a healthy ego to be successful. And obviously, I don't think he's lacking that at all. I have to watch that interview. That's no, all I can. No. And he, uh, he said some interesting things. I don't agree with all of them. I think he's, I, I think, I don't think he's gathering a lot of consequences of some things he says. Um, He's going to defend Tyrus. That's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, maybe, maybe like you said, controversy creates cash. I don't know. You know, because he knows that it's controversial with everybody. Oh, so I'm just going to egg people. I, I, you know, promoters have their own ways of doing things. So he's going to defend that. So that's just, you know, he's going to defend the decisions he makes. And I, I agree they with may you. be way exactly. off base at times. You know, but there are consequences to that. Well, we're going to talk uh, about that tonight when we do our predictions. There is so let's dive in. 
there is consequences of it. You're absolutely right. And the thing is, is we're going to see how this does. You know, the problem is because it's not a publicly traded company like a WWE or whatever, we don't really know what the numbers are on pay-per-views and what kind of money he makes. Obviously, it's so much to a lesser extent than the big two companies. But, uh, you know, we don't know, you know, like, right. so you know what's successful and not successful. It's really hard for us at, since we've been following the NWA. We, you know, because the world's changed so much, we want to know that stuff. Years ago, when we were kids, we'd care less what how much a house was or what, anything like that. Right. But now, because the way we are as fans now, we want to know this stuff and we don't know. So I, we don't know if NWA is successful or not. Like, I really don't know. I, I can't right. tell you. He's obviously still, uh, you know, on the air. So obviously, either he's pumping his own money in or he's making a few dollars. I don't know. Right. So anyway, let's let's get into the show because it's a lot. And and I'll, I'll I'll give a little bit of my thoughts on certain things when we get to the end. And of course, don't forget, uh, no Twitch this weekend, but uh, we will have a reaction special that'll drop on Monday morning about nine o'clock on the feed, um, where we will give you our reactions and recaps of this weekend and look ahead to whatever. He mentioned a lot of stuff like this is coming, this is coming, changes are coming, this new things, bibbity babbity bab. I I hope so, Billy. You're, uh, don't don't blow smoke up my ass. I, I do I've all been disappointed that, more than enough about most things in wrestling. So, you know, I do feel there's going to be some kind of um, deal. Uh, he's definitely going to be on some kind of sounds like either it's going to be like either streaming, but also has a chance for television. There's going to be something that happens. I just I just don't know when or, or, or who it's going to be. But definitely there is there is a um, a yearning for sports or lot some live stuff um out there right now and so i think he'll get something at some point that he has to you can't survive he can't survive on this model and i think he knows that even even though he's not going to tell you tell you that but right. you can't survive on this model you just can't. he was definitely he was definitely uh he was definitely carnying it up and and to to, to, to chris van vliet's credit and i'm not the biggest fan of his interview style um, he's very generic and he's kind of giggly, but I mean, you don't want to be combative <laughs> with your guests, but you also don't want to just, and he, and you know, I think Billy was kind of intimidating a little bit using his very dry sense of humor, but, um, I mean, he, you know, obviously Chris Van Vliet's a very well-known wrestling, uh, guy in many ways. He's been, and he's been backstage and he's been in offices of promotions and, and, uh, he, uh, you know, he's been interviewing for a while, but he's interviewed guys like Meltzer and stuff like that. So, um, it wasn't terrible, but he definitely softballed him. I think somebody – he might have shut down or he might have gotten combative, but somebody who actually knows – not the inner workings of the NWA, but somebody who actually watches it and knows the people. He mentioned a few of the guys. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the specifics. He got more into the overall business aspect or whatever. And I mean, listen, yeah. he did bring up about Tyrus, and, you know, so, I mean, you got to give him credit for that. And – um you know, you, you also you when you're interviewing somebody and you know you've been doing this for a long time and all this, you got to know how where you they don't totally shut down. And say okay, this interview's over. You got to kind of lead them into it and see if they'll give you what you want without, you know. Sometimes some people you get hit straight on, you know, be straight up with them, and some people you kind of got to like work work it a little bit, you know. And that's well, we'll get into Tyrus. We'll talk about Tyrus quick. At the end of the at the end of our preview, and then I'm going to get, and then obviously we'll see what happens Sunday, but we'll get there. All right, so it's two nights. We've got a total of if counting pre-show matches. We've got a total of 22 matches over two days. 22 matches. Um, counting the pre-show, there's 12 matches on Saturday, eight matches on Sunday, and two matches that haven't been decided where they're going to be yet. We'll get to those too. So let's jump in. We'll start with Saturday night, night one on Fight TV. It's 40 bucks for both, 25 for each show. So you're 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 saving 10 bucks if you get the if you get the bundle. Four matches are going to be on the pre-show. Now, of course, for those that are NWA fans that know, you they they do a one hour pre-show on YouTube. So probably seven to eight will be the pre-show and these four matches will happen. Although they've been notorious for fucking that shit up and maybe doing three pre-shows and adding a show, a match to the main show. So take this for what it is yeah, I, I at don't. the moment. This, this seems to be four matches on the pre-show. Okay. Jordan Clearwater 
former television champion, will take on Zion, who's the other masked guy in Austin Idol's faction. Um, I think Zion's going to win. I feel like Jordan Clearwater's starting to get jobbed out. But um, I feel like Austin Idol's kind of not been around. You know? He hasn't been as much in face as he was before, I feel like. I agree. Um, Yeah. Uh, We have a... I love these names. I can't even yell at Billy for this because other promoters come up with dopey names. A Jubilee Jamboree match for a future world junior heavyweight title shot. Alex Taylor, Eric Jackson, Jack Cartwheel, Koa Laxamana, and Matt Vine. I'm going to go with Alex Taylor because I feel like he's had the most TV time and he's in that Southern Six faction. Uh, Another Southern, of course, the other two guys in that Southern Six have huge matches, both of them on Saturday. I like Alex Taylor here, uh, Dr. J. What do you think? I agree uh, because he's the one that's, like you say, he's got the most TV time. And I think he's one of the young young faces that, uh, you know, Billy, like he was, you know, going back to his interview that he's mentioning that he's got a lot of these young guys under contract. So yeah, I, and I think this is one of them. Yep, I agree. I think Eric Jackson could be a dark a dark horse, but I like Alex Taylor. Next up, the United States Tag Team Championship Showdown Final. The winner will wrestle the next night, Sunday night, against the uh, country gentleman for the U.S. Tag Titles. Daisy Kill and Talos against the Fixers, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Um, they're both heels. Billy wants to draw a line in the sand on babyface heels because it's two heel teams. Well, the Fixers aren't really heels, I guess. They're kind of like whatever the fuck you want them to be, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am going to go with Daisy Kill and Talos. I feel like they've been on, also been on a little bit more. I feel like the Fixers had their chances, champions. Um, I think we want to see a different mix. So I'm going to go with Daisy Kill and Talos win this match. And they will move on to Sunday against the country gentlemen. Well, we're, uh, we're going to agree again. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, and the final pre-show match. This was just announced. A tw- now, there's no participants yet, but it is a 21-man battle royal to determine the next number one contender for the national heavyweight championship. Of course, that belt is currently vacant. Because EC3 cashed it in so we could get a title shot with Tyrus, which we'll get into in a, in a few minutes. And, of course, the national heavyweight title is vacant, and it's on the line later on in the show. It is going to be defended on Saturday night one. So there's your pre-show matches. Matt Cardona is back, and he is taking on To Be Announced. So we'll leave that one alone, because Matt Cardona could job, or he could win. It all depends who the TBA is. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't even begin to guess. <laughs> I think it's a big deal. I'll say this, Doctor. I think it's a big deal, and it's really good that he got Matt Cardona for this show. Matt's still got a lot of eyes on him. He does the other rest of the, you know, he kind of bounces around the indies. He he goes to, he does stuff for GCW. He does stuff for Janela. Yeah, you got to give him stuff. a lot of credit. He's another one kind of like Cody that kind of, you know, once he left the WWE, kind of, you know, took his brand on the road. And, and you know, he's made some money doing it. And yeah, he may have to work a little bit harder because he's got to probably work some more dates, but you know, he goes out there and he does it and he brings, uh, and he brings, uh, you know, respectability to any card that he's on. I agree. I totally agree with you. You're right. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. There's really nothing to pick there. He's going to wrestle somebody. We'll see. Uh, I'm enjoying this. This is like an old school grizzled like match. Uh, no disqualification, former rivals, a pair of former NWA World's Heavyweight Champions, Jax Dane and Tim Storm. Yes, Mama Storm's kid is coming out of announcing retirement to be in this no-DQ match. I think this could go either way. Billy seems to like to make people happy, so I'm going to go with Tim Storm here. But this could be a fun little match if Billy puts his foot on the gas. He did comment in the Van Vliet interview that he's 
he he doesn't want to be GCW, but that doesn't mean you need to have a no DQ match that's soft. Well, I so mean, I'm going to get some decent spots, but I like Tim Storm. I think you know these guys do these guys do wrestle a little old school, like he was kind of mentioning. Like they are, they hit hard. They you know it, it, they make it feel seem for the most part most matches were you know realistic. So um, I'd like to see. I mean, you know, obviously Tim Tim Storm's close to sixty, so. You know he's gonna, you know he's gonna move as much as he can. You know he has obviously hasn't been in the ring as much, uh, but that's why it's you know no DQ match. Um, this let's put it this way: it, there's gonna be no in between on this match. It's either gonna be a stinker or it's gonna be we're gonna really like you know wow this is great you know right um, yep I I I think this one I'm gonna go with Jack Stain because I think he's the guy. I think Tim Storm, you know, if he is truly retiring, and I think you got to kind of put him over. Because Jack Stain, I mean, obviously Jack Stain's been in the business for a while, but he he is he is younger than um, Tim Storm, and he's still going. And Tim Storm's not going to wrestle all the time. I get your point. You're right. Yep. Um, next up, a tag match here. I don't like this at all because I don't like who's going to end up probably jobbing, but. The Brothers of Funstruction. Yes, <laughs> Yabo and Rufo. Dipshit and fuckstick. From from Juggalo Championship Wrestling, which probably fits the title. Um, <laughs> Violent J of uh, ICP is is uh, seconding them to the ring. They're taking on Magnum Muscle, which is, of course, Dak Draper and Mims. I had a bad feeling that they're going to job, so I'm just going to roll with it. They have to prove me wrong, so I'm going to go, unfortunately, with the two clown fuckers to win this match. Yeah. I'm, I don't want but, to, but I have no faith. You think they're going to bring Cartman? <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. That was a giant silver thing. That was a Golga thing. Rest in peace, John Tento. All right. Now, now we're getting serious because the next five matches are all legit. So, our first this weekend of two world tag team title matches. Your champions, of course, La Rebellion, Bestia, Ciace, 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 and Mecha Wolf, managed by Vampiro, who has kind of dumb jumped all the way into the NWA. It's kind of a decent get for Billy. Um, he's still pretty, you know, he's got some juice. I, I like watching him. He's got a name. And they're taking on BFT, Blunt Force Trauma, of course, Carnage and Damage, which is, Ooh. of course, Marche Rocket and Rodney Mack under a mask with Aaron Stevens. And I have a pair of pretty cool managers of varying degrees on the sideline, on the outside. I'm actually, I'm kind of looking forward to this match. I am. I think it's going to be a fun tag match. And I think, I think we are going to see. Blunt Force Trauma win the titles. Yeah, something's telling me I think that's going to be the way they go. I do. I think this. I think La Rebellion's run is over. I think they've been amazing tag team champions. They've had the belts forever. They've been two-time champs. But I think, I think I have a feeling they're going to start doing well, more stuff and, in Mexico. And, and just, again, listening to that Billy interview, which, you know, if you haven't listened to it, you know, try to listen to it or watch it. Um, he... Uh, he, they were talking about Aaron Stevens and how, you know, he kind of reminded him, you know, like a Bobby Heenan, you know, because Stevens wanted to retire and, you know, and not really wrestle much. So he gave him kind of like, hey, come and manage, you know, and right. uh, done a great job at it. I mean, this is a guy that's totally remade himself so many times. He's very talented. Um, he is. So totally I, yeah. he, let's put it this way. If Aaron Stevens wasn't their manager, I don't know if they get the championships, but I think he, I think they're going to get them. They're going to get it there. Get him. I think he actually brings something to that team, to BFT. Mm, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think at least for at least for a day, at least for one day, Blunt Force Trauma will be the World Tag Team Champions. So next up, another match that I think could steal the weekend. And this is another guy, another two guys that Billy really likes. Our World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kerry Morton, Ricky's kid, and Colby Carino, Stevie's kid. I think yeah, this match is going to be fantastic. Be and I think this is the match 
Because we know how good Colby Carino is, Doctor. We know how we know he's good. This is the match where Kerry Morton has to go out there and prove he belongs. This is the match for him. Whether he wins or loses, he needs to bring the best match he's ever had. And he had decent matches with Homicide and a couple of TV ones. But this is the one he's got to come out. If he is going to be the future of the business, this is one he can't blow, win or lose. I have a feeling he's going to keep it. But I might be wrong. I'm not sure. But I'm going to say at the moment, Kerry Morton keeps the title. Oh, yeah. As much I do like Colby Carino. I like him better as a heel, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But it's okay. I mean, sometimes you got to move, you know, try different things. But I love Kerry Morton as a heel. I, I, you know, he just. He's a prick. Yeah, he's a little shit he's a good, smug little prick. He's part of that Southern Six. They're all fucking assholes, which is good because that's what heels are supposed to be. Yeah, I, I'm. I think Kerry's going to hang on to it. I think uh, Billy seems to like to keep championships on on uh, certain people for a while to kind of really establish a reign. And so when somebody wins, it's a big deal. Right. The things that we always complained about when you know when they used to change belts. I mean, now it's getting better, obviously. As you can see by Roman Reigns, you know now now you're now you're bringing credibility back to the championships. Right, I agree. All right, next uh, we have a vacant national heavyweight championship. We need to uh, we need to crown. So we have a three way match: Kratos, Odinson, and Thrill Billy Silas. Now, remember the Southern Six. It says Pollo Del Mar still is manager, but I don't know if she is. I don't know. I I think this is finally after two failed attempts against EC3. I think this is the one that Throw Billy Silas wins the national heavyweight title. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna agree with you. You know, because I because Odinson. Eh, and Kratos travels a lot because he wrestles for other promotions. So I don't know if he'll be around enough to, to justify being a champion in the company. Although I love Kratos. Kratos, as uh, Aaron Stevens used to call him. So we both think Thrill Billy Silas will finally capture the National Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, he's got something about him, I think, that's just... Um, again, that probably would enjoy him having the championship. I, I could see him having a, a decent reign with it. Mm, I think so, too. And these last two matches go hand in hand. We have the Burke Invitational for an NWA for the future NWA World Women's Championship match. Now, I'm going to go back a minute and go back to the last two NWA shows and see who won the last couple. So let's go to NWA 73 two years ago. Uh, who won that one? Uh, who won the Burke? Uh, let's see. Oh, that was the night before at Empower, the women's show. So who won the Burke that night? The Burke was won by... Uh, who won the Burke? Uh, let's see. Uh, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green won the Burke. And then the next night she, uh, the next night she lost to Camille. Yes, Chelsea Green. Who, of course, now is one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Last year at NWA 74, the Burke was won by Maxine Paler. And Max lost the next night to Camille who beat Ty of Valkyrie on night one and then beat uh, Maxine Paler in night two. So this year's participants are Allison Kay coming back, our girl, former world champion, CJ, Heather Monroe, we used to see her on those UWN primetime lives, MJ Jenkins, Ruthie J, Samantha Starr, baby doll's daughter, I always say that. Sierra, Taylor Rising, The Woad, and other participants to be announced. The only one that I think has a 
I mean, Allison K maybe, but I don't know if she's going to stick around long enough to again justify being women's champion again. And I know I I I always blow the trumpet for her because obviously she's a legacy and I think she's worked her ass off. It's either going to be one of the TBAs, whoever that is, or it's going to be Samantha Starr. I think I think she will get. She'll win. The yeah, I mean Samantha Starr's been with the NWA for a while now. Yeah. And- it's really nice to see um, her obviously get that chance. You know, I think she's she's had to learn a little bit, and you know, now she's you know been under the learning tree a little bit. It, uh, it would be nice to see her get a shot, but you're right; it could be one of the TBA. So again, I, it's really really hard to predict something when you don't know who the TBAs are. Exactly. So I'm at the moment going to say Samantha Starr wins, but we'll see the TBAs. The winner of the of the Burke Invitational will get a shot at the Burke, the World Women's Championship, the next night. But somebody has to be an opponent in that match. And from what Billy said on the Van Vliet interview, and you kind of saw it anyway with the card, this is likely the main event for night one. The hardest working champion in that company and one of the hardest working champions in all of indie wrestling. The World Women's Champion in a no-limits match. Camille. And probably her most even opponent in all the time she's been champion, Natalia Markova. They did wrestle at the Crockett Cup. They beat the fucking snot out of each other. Camille escaped with a win there. Ugh. I don't know. Because you you think that Camille... This is who Camille should drop the belt to if she's dropping it. But I can't see them doing that in night one unless something happens in night two. Uh, I'm not going to fall for my emotions. So I'm going to say that Camille retains... The world women's title. Now, but boy, are they gonna are they gonna burn that place down? They are gonna they they, they are gonna be on because the two of them have no problem stiffing the shit out of each other. And I think I think that match. I'm I'm liking one thing. I gotta give I'll give Billy his props. I'm digging the match layout because this first night, which a lot of people may ignore, actually has some pretty good bangers on it. Some it some conceivable bangers. Um, this one's going to be fun, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let my, I'm not going to let my heart dictate it. I need, you know, like John Cena. Gonna, you always I'm, need to be, you're just going to pick him until he's, until you prove, until you're proven wrong. I'm just going to go with Camille until she loses. Um, I'm, you know, it's funny cause you, you had her losing the last time and I didn't. But I'm going to say this is where he pulls the trigger. I hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong. No, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to come in here and brag that I'm right. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get upset if Natalia Markova wins. She deserves it. So don't think think, that. I think that the... I think you're going to see a win. I, I do see I do see eventually uh, Camille winning the championship back because I think they'll have a feud for a while. But... Um, yeah, I think this this is the time it may happen. Um, I so. I, I don't think so. No, I, I, think, uh, I think Camille, I think Camille uh, keeps it based on who wins the the Burke. So, all right, there is our night one, which I think is a banger night. I think this was a great uh, great choice of of matches by Billy. But- Put if on you're this first night. Nights, you, you're definitely going to want to put something stacked on the first night to get people to purchase it. Exactly. All right. Let's go to Sunday, night two. At the moment, none of these matches are pre show matches. And to be honest, they're all too good to be pre show matches. Homicide. Former junior heavyweight champion will take on Joe Alonzo. Another guy Billy thinks has some cred. No, Chris Van Vliet likes him too. I just think I don't think I don't think he can hang with Homicide. I think Homicide wins. 
you think Homicide wins? I do. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think he beats Joe Alonzo. Yeah, I mean, Joe Alonzo is definitely one of those young talents that they that 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 is signed with the NWA, and I think they want to see. But I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm going to go with Homicide as well. The World Women's Tag Team Titles are on the line. M95, the team of Maddie and Missa Kate, defending against Pretty Empowered, Ella Envy, and Kylie Page, Kenzie's sister. Um, I like M95 to keep the belts. Yeah. Me too. Now, next up, the second world tag team title match of the weekend. Now, we both like Blunt Force Trauma to win the belts on Saturday. Now, they will take on the Crockett Cup winners, Knox and Murdoch. Hmm. I like Knox and Murdoch to win. Really? So you think yeah, that the trauma is only going to have the, the... I think Blunt Force Trauma is only moving the belts over from one night to the other. I do. Ooh. They may win them back down the line, but Blunt Force Trauma did beat. Uh, but see, now uh, I may change my pick, though, because Blunt Force Trauma beat La Rebellion, if you remember, at the, in the Crockett Cup semis. Well, they jobbed them again. Mm. I'm torn now. Now I'm torn. Now you got me. Now you know. Thank you for making messing this up now for me. <laughs> because blood force trauma beat Lada Bellion in the semis of the Crockett Cup. I don't know if they'll job to them twice. I may change my pick. I think. All right, I'm changing my pick. I think Lada Bellion wins on Saturday, but I still think Knox and Murdoch win on Sunday. I think Knox and Murdoch. And the weekend tag team champions. That's my pick. They'd be awesome tag team champions. Two big grizzled fuckers. What do you think? Oh, you know, you know. Usually, you know, I don't. You and I don't always agree, but I think I'm going to have to change and go the same route you're going now, because I can't see him. He just Billy doesn't seem to be the type of person to have. A Hot shots, for one, yeah. He just does. That's just not his style. At least he hasn't shown that to be his style. So, yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go here now. I'll see if I go down the same road as you. See if it's gonna be uh, something I regret doing, but I'm gonna do it. Okay. Now, this is the difference here. So. The NWA World Women's Championship. The Camille Natalia Markova winner from the night before will take on the Burke Invitational winner from the night before. Now, you think it's Natalia Markova and Samantha Starr. I think it's Camille and Samantha Starr. I. Markova's. She's like, she's like John Cena. She's like John Cena, Camille. I just, I'm just going to keep picking her till she loses. I think Camille goes through the weekend and concludes it still women's champion. Nope. I say Markova is going to walk out with the championship. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I. Not that if I find it wrong, it's going to be a bad thing because I think Markova is going to be a good champion. So you think she's going to beat McCamille on Saturday and then beat regardless of who wins the Burke, she'll beat her. That she'll beat yes. her too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you think. Natalia Markova walks out of the weekend the NWA World Women's Champion. All right. I'm not gonna I'm not mad at that. Not at all. Uh I I'm just gonna I'm like to me, Camille is the NWA's John Cena. I'm just gonna keep picking her till she loses. Okay. So um the country gentlemen will defend the uh US tag team titles against Daisy Kill and Talos, in our opinion. Um I think the country gentlemen retain because I think eventually I think blunt force trauma will be the next U S tag team champions. That's my take. So regardless of who wins the night before, I think the country gentlemen walk out champions and then they're going to drop it somewhere down the line to, um, blunt force trauma. That's my opinion. 
What do you think? I don't know if they're going to drop to Bumford, but I, I do see them winning. Okay. So it looks like we're doing a bunch of uh, doubles from the night before. So I mentioned that Jubilee-Jamboree match from the night before. The winner of that gets a future junior heavyweight title shot where they get it at the next night. So the junior Jubilee, <laughs> junior Jubilee, the the Jubilee Jamboree winner will take on either Kerry Morton or Colby Carino. Now, we both like Kerry Morton to win. So will Kerry Morton face his Southern Six counterpart, Alex Taylor, the next night? You know, to cause a little friction and add to the storyline, I could see that happening. Okay. Um, this one's going to be a hard one to pick because we don't know who's in the Battle Royal. But the Battle Royal winner from the night before will take on either Kratos, Odinson, or in our case, throw Billy Silas for the national heavyweight title. So, yeah. so it looks like that's how Billy's doing it. A bunch of night one matches directly relate to a bunch of night two matches. So this one's kind of hard for us to pick. We both like Throw Billy Silas. So let me ask you this then. Regardless of whoever the hell wins this battle royal the night before, does Throw Billy Silas, who we both think is going to win the belt Saturday, does he beat whoever wins the battle royal Sunday? I guess it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. And would would Billy do hot shots? That's the thing. I don't know. Like, is he going to? Have a champion for a day? I don't know. I don't know either. Something's got to change. So I don't know. Yeah, I can't pick that. I'm sorry. This just got to wait to see. Yeah, we're gonna have that one's a TBD. We'll talk more about that one, obviously, on the on the reaction show when it actually happens. And finally, this one. <laughs> Tyrus, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Love him or hate him. It's got the 12 pounds. Defending the title against EC3 in a bull rope match. And if Tyrus loses, he retires. The most watched uh, wrestler on television? Huh. Not the most watched wrestler on wrestling television. I'm not going to get into the, the things about Tyrus now. Um, Billy went on the whole thing about mixing up political things and wrestling and all that. And the fact remains, Billy, is maybe some people think that way, but I don't. I just don't think... <laughs> I have no... I, I'm not saying that the guy don't... It's hard to say. I just don't think he was the right pick for champion. I don't think his matches have been very good. It's just not... I just don't think he's been a good champion because every match he's been in has been... Yeah, He's never going to be a five-star match. I think... I think the thing with him is, you know, when he was television champion, I think everybody was like, ah, that's all right. You know, that's secondary. Right. Um, I think when he was world cha champion, you know, they're like, you know, and he, listen, he doesn't, he obviously he does not wrestle often except for when he's done the NWA. So there's a lot of ring rust there. He is a big guy, you know, he's well over 350 pounds, uh, you know, six foot seven, you know, it, just you're right maybe maybe name wise you know if you want to say when maybe it was a good pick i don't know but um but let's just forget about all that because we could talk about this endlessly i mean if people don't like them we're not gonna nobody's gonna convince them to like them if they and if somebody likes them then we're not gonna convince them to hate them so it is what it is but the one thing that you and I were talking about, you know, before we did the show was, is that doing a gimmick match for this was a, was a great idea for this. I agree. I, I agree. I think, it, I think it will make it a better match. Yeah, I do too. Because it is going to be a, a, a more of a slow rotting match because it is right. a bull, you know what I'm saying. So that's more as Tyrus's style. It actually is better for the style that he can go because EC3 can go, you know. So, um, I'd like to see a little, you know, if Billy's saying they're hard hitting it, I'd like to see some little, little brutality in this match. I agree. I, I do think with Tyrus using this and 
trying to read a little bit between the lines with Billy's interview, I do think it, that that Tyrus is going to retire. He he seems like he's getting much busier with you know because he has his book and he's doing the the tour, you know the speaking tour. I think uh, you know being on Fox. I think he just wants to concentrate on that. I'm not saying he may not do stuff with the NWA, but I don't think he's you know maybe in other facets. But I I I. I do feel like he's going to retire. I mean, I could be wrong. And, and then obviously be, oh, we, can all, we can all be wrong. I mean, it's not just I, I'm getting a feeling that I was trying to read between the lines, too. And I'm kind of getting a feeling that Tyrus is done now. Billy says, oh, there's a lot of stuff still on the table. Billy, there's nothing left on the table. There's nothing. Well, I, I think he caught himself like, OK, let me make sure I say something to make sure I'm not giving away. Right. You know. There's nothing but, left on the table. Let him retire. If he wants to, if he wants to drop the belt, let him retire. I think I think uh, it's a good way for him to go out with the bull rope match. EC3, I think, is a is a nice nice way to have a you know, relatively younger guy leading the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he's gonna you know he's gonna be uh, a, I think he's gonna be heel, so he, a good heel champion. And now it's time to build the NWA for the future and see, you know, will Tom Latimer have a shot? Um, will some of the other guys, are they going to build up a Joe Alonzo? You know, the, the, they're, they're going to bring in young talent now. And, and this is a chance. But EC3 has a name. EC3 has been in big companies before. Right. So it's not a bad thing. I mean, and I think that's what he's doing, even though he's saying that, you know, he's trying to build his own way and do it his own way. But having a, a champion that has somewhat of a background and a name is not not, not going to hurt your company at all. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I I don't have a problem with EC3 being champion. No, I don't either. I don't either. Good guy to have as a heel and kind of transition to somebody else down the line. Well, look at it. You had... Before Tyrus, you had Trevor Murdoch. You know, he wrestled in the WWE. He had a name. You know, Nick Aldis. You know, he was, you know, an impact. Really? He he Nick Aldis? <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I'm really, um, uh, I'm thinking that Tyrus's reign is going to come to an end. I, I really do. I mean, I, now, if he doesn't and he hangs onto the belt, then of course we could scorch the earth on uh, Sunday. We'll see. We'll see what I want hey, to scorch. I, you know, this is the one time you and I we love we love to get all riled up and ranting and raving, but uh, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we could come out at the end of the show and we're actually we enjoyed the show and talk about the NWA like we did when it first started. We'll see. Yeah. Now, two matches have not been. Uh, sleep. They're happening. They just have not been officially put on a certain day yet, and that is both television championships. Tom Latimer is officially defending the the TV title against Chris Adonis. That's set. I think Tom Latimer wins. I'm Chris Adonis out. I don't even want to go any further on that. Um, our women's television champion, of course, Kenzie Page, has no opponent yet. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think she's at three. They're doing the lucky seven for the women's too. So, and I think she's at three wins. So she's got a few more to go. But if Tom, I mean, the lucky seven, for those that don't know, the lucky seven started back in 2019 when they reintroduced the TV title. If you win seven consecutive title defenses or successful title defenses, you could cash in the TV title and get a world title shot. That's what Tyrus did. He cashed it in. He beat Trevor Murdoch. Um, so Tom Latimer is right now at six. So if he beats Chris Adonis on whatever night, I'm guessing Saturday, but there are less matches on Sunday, so it might be Sunday. He will hit the seven. Now, I have been saying all along that I thought the coolest thing would be if EC3 beat Tyrus and then out of the blue, kind of like money in the bank, Tom Latimer comes down the aisle, hands the hands the world TV title over to Billy. I want my title shot now, and you're going to give it to me. I don't need any of your rigmarole. He's in there. I'm right here. Ring the fucking bell. And Tom Latimer, out of nowhere, beats EC3 and becomes the new world's heavyweight champion. The only reason I don't think that's going to happen 
is because I don't think you want to take away the moment of Tyrus retiring. If they're trying, if they're going to make a big deal about it at the end of the night, like the, to close out the show, I don't think you want to have Tom Latimer cashing in on on EC3 right there. I think that would take away the moment. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I like your theory; it would be pretty cool. But but of course, I don't. You know, Billy doesn't believe in cool things. Apparently, I'm too stupid because I don't own a wrestling company. I don't know what I'm talking about. Which is kind of the gist of what Billy was saying on the show. Um, we'll see. But I don't think, now that I'm thinking about it, if EC3 does win the world title, I don't think they'll do anything after that because I think they want to have a whole Tyrus walk down the ramp and high five and yay and off into the sunset and be done with it. Um, and yes, Dr. G and I have been very critical of Tyrus as champion. Billy wants to say tough shit, I know what I'm doing, which is kind of the gist I got on the Chris Van Vliet interview. But just to let you know, Billy, your choices have consequences. You could tell us we love Tyrus and we still got we still got business to do, and Tyrus ends up winning Sunday night and walks out still world champion and we keep going with him. I would be careful. Because, I'm sorry, I think the percentage of those that will look at that and go, all right, I've had enough of this. This guy's an idiot. And you're not going to get their 40 bucks or whatever for the next pay-per-view. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you what to do, Billy. Because apparently I'm not allowed to. Read the room. That's all I'm saying. Just read the room. That's it. If you don't want to read the room, you don't have to. Just be careful. Or Kevin Nash can come up the ramp, but he may pop his quad on the way to, or he might pop his quad on the way to the ring. So that may not even matter. Um, That's the only thing that gets you to stop talking. <laughs> and, uh, is, is Kevin is Diesel coming in? But I do think that um, I do think that Billy is going to think long and hard. He may be defending uh, Tyrus, and he loves Tyrus as champion, but you got to read the room, dude. That's all I'm saying. Just read the room. Dude. 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 Bro. 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 Read read the room. That's all I'm going to say. And there is your NWA 75 preview. I am excited. Um, just because of this limited, you know, availability and stuff this weekend, we, we will not be doing a Twitch feed, but, um, join us on Monday morning for the, uh, reaction special, which could be one of the more entertaining podcasts in the history of this network. It, it, well, you know what? So you're right. Let's, but you know what? I want to, I want to be positive. You know, we've been with this thing since the beginning, you know, when he really, you know, I mean, obviously he's owned the company since 2017, but when he started the whole YouTube thing in 2019 and, you know, I want to go back to those days where we're not ripping it as much and we're actually enjoying it. So this is a chance. This is big. Right. And Billy made a good point. He said the in-ring product is, is at its best and he is not wrong. I I can't, I can't say the wrestling itself has been bad other than Tyrus matches, which I think some, most of them have been absolutely awful. Almost all of the wrestling on, the, particularly the pay-per-views, powers. I mean, they're TV shows. What are you gonna do? But a good, a good portion of the pay-per-view matches over the past, over the years since Billy's owned it, have been really, really good. So the in-ring itself, just straight-up wrestling in the in the ring, has been good in the NWA, particularly the women's division. It's some other stuff, but can't argue with the in-ring. And I think we're gonna be in for. More than a few really good matches this weekend. I have to say it. I think we will. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, I think you're in. I think we're in for some great matches um, this weekend. There might be a stinker or two, but every pay per view is a stinker or two. Not every match uh, in London on Sunday is going to be five stars. There'll be a couple probably, but not all of them. Are you a stinker? <laughs> a stinker. So check us out. Monday morning for our reaction special. 
if you want to hear the all-in preview and the emergence preview, even though that show happened last night, check out our episode of the main event. This coming week, we've got some more great stuff for you. I believe we have a new episode of the Place Me Podcast, I think. Um, and then uh, new episodes after that as well. We had a new episode of Through the Looking Glass this past Wednesday, which I really was very happy with. Dave and I uh, went back to through the, through alternate universes to SummerSlam main events to change them to what they seem to have been meant to be when SummerSlam started in 1988, and that was mega tag team main events. Like Mega Powers, Mega Bucks, Hogan and Beefcake against Savage and Zeus. Big tag team main events in WrestleMania, in uh, SummerSlam history. So we went through and we did the 90s. We did a few recent ones. We had some fun with it. So check out the newest episode of Through the Looking Glass. New episode of With This Ring with Ryan and Cindy. New episode of um, Highway to the Impact Zone. So a lot of good shows this week. And of course, new episode of Main Event. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy all the wrestling you watch, whether it's the NWA 75, whether it's All In, whether it's Emergence, whatever. Enjoy the weekend. And Dr. G and I will be with you Monday morning, right when it drops at 9 a.m. here on the network feed for our NWA reaction special. You probably don't want to miss it. I'm Scott. He's the doctor. You're not. NWA 75. Ciao.